Hello and welcome to episode 851 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Tuesday, September 15th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I am joined by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? Doing pretty well. Hanging in there. Uh, you know, we're coming down the home stretch. It's unlike any other home stretch scene, which I believe we've, we've talked about. But, you know, just the, the wild fluctuations and standings that we're going to have, making it kind of interesting. Football's back. Um, you know, playoffs are still going for <laughs> hockey and basketball. It's a wild time right now for uh, for mega sports fans like ourselves. Yeah, uh, my Washington professional football team in first place in the NFC East. Chase Young looking noise. Yeah, and this will be the last time we talk about football because that will be the last time they were in first place. And uh, we're not going to talk about the Lions because there's Ooh, not. Yeah, that was brutal. Uh, hey, not even 2020 can fix the Lions. Where everything's upside down, mm-hmm. 2020 is like, nope, we're still going to stick with the Lions being the same. <laughs> Lions there's, still going to Lion. Yep, exactly. Uh, let's dive right into it. we got a few news and notes that we're going to talk about an all-breakout team and really assess where you're at on these guys for 2021 based on their short sample excellence. And obviously, it's some guys that we've talked about, but they merit consideration. In fact, um, one guy that might have been on a list like this last year uh, was looking like one of the worst players going in Josh Bell. Um, I mean, at, two weeks ago, as recently as August 27th, he was hitting 186 and had a 511 OPS. And I think it would have been okay to cut him. Like I, I don't <laughs> think that would have been out of bounds. I did cut him in the main oh, event. Okay. I, I, I truly don't believe that would have been out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, However, it's brutal. he's made you look remarkably stupid. Yeah. 333, 414, 600 with five homers since then. Mm-hmm. So that's. You know, maybe that's like a check mark in the just hold the hold the uh, you know hold the fort with all the the quote unquote star level talents. I don't know though. You know, there was there was there was nothing going on here. The profile was messed up. Everything was a miss with Josh Bell. The only thing that you really had that you could lean on was uh, sample size to say, well, it, it hasn't been that long. The problem is with the two-month season, you didn't have that much time to come back out of it. Now, he did. He turned it around immediately. But I don't know, man. Like I don't feel like you could just hold every, you know, every star talent uh, all year and just say, you know what? I just had to hold him because I drafted him in the fifth round or third round. You know, where Bell was like third, fourth round. And even with this hot run, just to kind of drive home the point of how bad he was – he still has a an 87 WRC plus. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, those five homers and and the run that he's had has has been helpful to those who held on to him. But I I don't think it was out of bounds to cut him, and I don't think that this performance changes changes my thought on that. Am, am I just being stubborn, or or no? Does that make any sense? I don't th- I don't think you're being stubborn at all. I think. Uh... The hard part about a two-month season is you don't have time as much time to be patient, mm-hmm. and I think you're gonna have to make decisions that uh, uh, that are quick, and sometimes they're gonna blow up in your face like uh, Josh Bell uh, has for me a little bit. Though I mean, I did pick up Jose Marmolos, who's been, and I don't even know if I pronounce that right, but uh, uh, and he's been doing really, really well as well. So it's like you know, softens the blow, but yeah, 
if he if Bell continued to hit like 220 on my team with no power and he's on the Pirates, so no you know runs or RBIs, <laughs> um, like I, I would be just kicking myself that I didn't make a move sooner. And, and what if somebody picked up Brandon Belt, which uh, mm-hmm. I bring up specifically because I made that exact recommendation in my you know my hitter column of of guys over uh, available under 40 percent and cuttable at 60 plus percent. I suggested that exact switch, and since that time, Brandon Belt it has a 10-15 OPS with two homers. So you know it's it's a couple fewer homers, but he's been killing it too. So in that case, you know that one is fine. But I agree, there just wasn't enough time to wait everybody out. Mm-hmm. And you know the tough part is, are you going to just bypass all of the the breakouts? You know, a lot of the guys that we're going to talk about were waiver pickups. Are you going to bypass all these guys by just not cutting anybody that's that's struggling? And, and again, this was not just a little struggle with Bell. He was a nightmare. And I do think the fact that he only has an 87 WRC plus after this run tells you how how uh, problematic he was hitting before that. So I don't know. I guess now I'm wondering with this strong finish and and let's assume he's solid the rest of the way. Maybe maybe not quite. 1014 OPS, which is what he has uh, over these last 70 plate appearances. Let's say he's more of like a, a low 900s, high 800s OPS the rest of the way, a few more homers. What are you doing with Josh Bell next year? That's a good question because first base is not particularly deep. No. So I, I, I guess, especially with Reese Hoskins getting hurt and potentially needing Tommy John, so we don't know where he's going to be coming into next season. That blows, too. He was killing it. Yeah, he was really starting to turn it on. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think Josh Bell is still probably a top 10 first baseman, which is insane. Because, I I mean, mean, you're taking Ballinger, you're taking Freeman, you're taking Alonzo, you're taking Olsen, you're taking Abreu, Goldschmidt, and Rizzo. But then you really start having questions. You know, are you going to take Carlos Santana, who hasn't been great? Yuli Gurriel? Daniel Murphy's been atrocious. Jock Peterson's been atrocious. Edwin Encarcion is atrocious. You said Olsen? Oh, no, no. I mean, you're obviously taking Olsen over him. I mean, are you, though? I love Olsen. I mean, few, if any, were bigger than on Olsen than, than us. And he's and the power's been there, but he's hitting 193, so he's had his own flaw. Yeah. But but the power like it, it really has just been like uh, the Babbitt. Yeah, he's basic. got a 202 well, Babbitt. Part, part of it is the approach, though. Part of it mm-hmm. is that that that's his own issues there. I can't just wave that off as as bad luck. But um, yeah, I mean, first base is weird though. Looking at the the player raider, uh, you got a Brave Freeman at the top. Um, obviously, Real Muto, he's he's catcher. You're not you're not taking him there. Then Voight, Dom Smith, Travis Darno, Jaime Candelario, Austin Nola, and Darno, of course, catchers. You're not touching them. Hoskins, Hosmer, Lemayhu, Bellinger, Olson, Bell is. Let's see where Bell is. Even with this run, Bell is 42nd at first yeah. base. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're not taking him down at 42nd. Um, it, it it is unfortunate that we're just not going to be able to really see how these guys who started off horribly 
to, to see it through to see, you know, the, the, the standard six month mm-hmm. trajectory because Bell strikes me as somebody who in mid to late May of a struggle, we might be saying buy back in on even with the profile being a little bit of a mess. Hey, t- take the buy low, see mm-hmm. what happens and go from there. And, you know, he would have already turned it around and, and made that that analysis look look correct he could also go cold the rest of the way of course <laughs> like he's not he's not immune a complete afterthought yeah he's not immune to doing that so i think you might be right though that t- t- top 10 to 12 is still very much in play because of first base itself mm-hmm. you know a lot of these guys that i'm naming here are multi-positional guys that i i will say though maybe you want them at the position yeah, like you might you might yeah you would never think dj lemayhew's first uh, best position would be first base and yet here we are. Although I don't know if he's going to be first base next year because Void's been playing next, there all year. Next month he will. And um, God, I mean, yeah, it's such a dumpster fire of a position. It's not good. It's not good. And uh, we'll talk more about uh, about one of the guys I briefly mentioned there in a moment when we get to the breakouts. But it's it, don't. I guess just don't discard Josh Bell because you you, you just might have to go with him next year because of the lack of depth there. Uh, next up, I know it feels like we talk about him every day. Does this guy pitch every other game? It feels like it. How is he matching up with our podcast so often that every... <laughs> he's, he's on our rotation? <laughs> he pitches every Monday and Wednesday. And Denelson Lamette has just pitched you know, the day before we pod every damn time. Uh, and well, of course another gem and again i know we we've been talking about him a bunch but he goes seven one run on three hits two walks 11 strikeouts against the dodgers so i think he merits another mm. uh, another chat because i have to, i have to check in with you again are 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 you moving here now i i know that the same concern is there of you know one elite pitch and then a, a Strong, well, you know, a, a fast, a very fast mm-hmm. fastball. He's got that very, yeah. you know, got great heat. He sits 97. He can touch 101. He did yesterday. But it's still like, just to give it a, an idea, his pitch value is the best it's ever been, and it's at 0. 0.4 uh, <laughs> this year. Otherwise, it's been massively negative, minus 5.7, minus 9.9. But, this, you know, the slider's so good. I don't know, like, let's say he has two more good starts. Because that's that's what he's got left. Two more gems. I mean, does this one move the needle? Would two more move the like? Is there anything he can do to really get you on board as like a top twenty-five? Add a third pitch that he actually uses. I mean, it's I just can't do it. And if I go down with the ship on that one, I'm going to go down with the ship. Uh, he's according to you know our our site Fangraphs, he's only thrown changeups in three games. And I don't know that it was a, that they weren't misclassified pitches. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just I uh, I'm just not gonna <laughs> just not gonna buy in until uh, you know I just I don't trust the two pitch guy. And so, so you're gonna I, rank I, him higher, right? I I, I, I imagine mean, that. higher than I did this of course, year because uh, last year you ranked him like 198. Yeah, but um, not that not quite that low. I know you're gonna rank him somewhere where you're not really. You're gonna. Be, it's gonna be yeah. It's gonna be one of those ranks where well, that means I'm not getting them on my. Exactly, teams. exactly. What is that area then? I guess anything outside of the top 20 will do that for you because he's gonna be top yeah, 20. Yeah, he'll be somewhere in the 30s, I'm sure. 
Okay. Okay. I don't think your concerns are invalid, and we and we shared we shared them. Um, Maybe for next week we should do like an early pitcher ranks for next I love season. It. I love because, it. Because yeah, I, I got to start prepping that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I I agree, and and start putting some names places instead of just trying to uh, mentally eyeball it, which is a phrase that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, because then you start putting too many guys in, you know, your top thirty becomes sixty players deep. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that, but. You know, I, I'm I'm gonna have my I I think I said top 25 because that's a number I'm gonna have, but I don't. It's gonna be on the lower end, and I'm I'm not gonna get him because people are gonna have him like 13th. Yeah, like he's gonna be remarkably high on people's lists, and it's Someone's not that gonna I have him top 10. There are gonna be people who oh, yeah. have him in the top 10. Oh yeah, it's not that I don't acknowledge what he's done this year, and and actually kind of love it. I enjoy watching him, even though I'm reminded of how stupid I was every time. Mm-hmm. Um, I still really enjoy watching him, and, and his battle with Kershaw yesterday was very fun to watch. But I just nothing's changed on the on the pitch on on the pitch count front. Yeah. And so I still have my concerns there, and I'm going to be uh, waiting to see. And I think we talked about this last time because we did bring him up just last pod when we were talking about uh, rising stud pitchers. If we got news of a third pitch, and we saw it throughout spring. I think you and I would both make a substantial move yeah. to a point where we'd actually be open to drafting him. Yeah, I just don't know. I mean, he gives up hard contact. He gives up fly balls. This, this, He doesn't have the, the park to worry about the way this guy did, but this reminds me of Marquez to the degree of, like, he's pitching his best right now, mm-hmm. his absolute best, and it's awesome. But what happens when that slider is not perfect? It's been perfect this year. Can it be perfect for 32 starts? And this is another one. This is on the other end of the Josh Bell thing. He's already got a 17.5 P-Val on the slider. I know. It's so filthy. I, I, I would I would love to see where a six-month trajectory would go, though. Would he have a summer lull? Or would he just be unreal all year? You know, the crazy thing is he's on he's on pitch ninja pitching ninja's top five every every time he pitches, which is every other day, of course. Which no one's talking about, by the way. The the stamina to pitch every other day is mm, it's amazing. It's impressive, yeah. A league winner. Um <laughs> it's really <laughs> the volume's unbelievable. Um these sliders, they're not even near the zone. But it's one of those things where it's like they they got they gotta stay on the fastball because it comes in one oh one. So they end up swinging at sliders that are in the left-handed batter's box if they're a right-hander, or, or um, you know, hitting them in the knee if they're a left-hander. It, it it's nuts. It's nuts. Lamette's been great. Again, I, I I won't be there yet. I won't. I'll be, I'll be moving him up. I had him like 55th this year. I can take an L there, mm-hmm. but I'm not going top 20, which is I think where people will have. Yeah, him. I, I don't want to look up where I. Have. <laughs> Well, you had him going in the bullpen too. Yeah, yeah, that was one of my bold predictions. That not not good. Now I don't know if you had this guy, but I'll ask. Did, well, did you have any Pablo Lopez anywhere? I did. Did you run him back out there? I did not. Uh, or well, no. Oh, sorry. Let me let me rephrase it. I drafted Pablo Lopez. Okay. Were you? Were you was I he already up, gone? Yeah, I ended up dropping him when the Marlins got shut down. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because i was just like i don't know how <laughs> yeah. there was there was talk they could cancel the marlin season 
Yes. Yes. And so I was like, yeah, I'm not playing with this. I'm just moving on. Um, and uh, yeah, so I did not get any of his goodness or any of his badness. Okay. Well, you know what? That, that's that's all right. Um, I actually ran him back out there this time. Wow. I know. I know. <laughs> I can't pretend that I thought he was going to do what he did, which was seven innings of one run ball on six strikeouts. Was this like a Chris Liss, you owe me one type move? A little bit. And what it really was, like, so the, the, the tough part here is that it was two bad starts. But the, the devastating one was the the one and two-thirds seven runs. I was reminded of last year when he got bombed out for 10 in three innings against the Mets. And then went and put seven one-hit inning, one uh, seven shutout innings of one-hit ball against them the very next start. Now, he wasn't facing... The same team that decimated him last time, which was Atlanta. He was facing Philly. And I did have other options. So this wasn't just a, well, you you only did it because you had no choice. No, I did it on purpose. And, you know, I guess I got lucky because it could have certainly gone sideways again. I don't know. I I still really like Pablo Lopez, despite how much he, he ruined two teams. Uh, including the one that I, that I started him on. Like, he ruined my head-to-head team, too. He put up, like, a minus 25 or something, and I, w- I was done for the week. Well, at least and, it was only the week, though. It wasn't well, like you ate that for the whole year. No. Um, I started 4-0, and and I went 0-3 to finish, and I missed the playoffs on tiebreaker. Oh, brutal. So, yeah. No one should have been playing. <laughs> I, I, um, I did awful. this year. Awful. Um, thankfully it's standalone one year league. Like we, it's a keeper league that we're in, but we put the keeper off to the side and we just did the standalone league for 20 bucks. So whatever, but I was literally the best team in the league for four weeks and then just meltdown city at any rate. Uh, yeah, I still, so I, I started Pablo, put him back out there. He pitched really well. You know, if you look, those two bad starts are the only times he's been bad. Otherwise he's been great all year. Even with you know, even with the devastating seven earned in an in inning and two thirds, he still has a 4.02 ERA in 47 innings of work with 46 strikeouts and a 1.23 WHIP. I guess as it stands right now, with a couple more starts, where do you currently stand on Pablo Lopez? Um, I mean, he's obviously not as bad as those two starts, and obviously not as good as this most recent one. I mean, I, I think he's. Somewhere in the middle, I think he's kind of a 3-5 guy with, you know, just under a strikeout an inning uh, and a t- on a team that is going to be, you know, getting better and better, I think, in Miami because it seems like a lot of the moves that they have made have, have worked out fairly well. And I, I really yes. like this way of operating where everybody knows the rebuilding, but they're not just phoning it in. Exactly. I, I've been impressed with them, and I, I will – Hat tip Jeter, man. You yeah. know, I was I, I was crapping all over them. You know, they traded a, a star-studded outfield. Obviously, we know how the uh, Yelich one worked. Did you see worked. the talk in Philadelphia this week that uh, the uh, that the the uh, radio guys in Philadelphia are saying that the sixto okay. for JT or Lucho trade was a Brad trade for Philadelphia? I, as soon as you said that, I knew where you were going, and you know. You can't fix stupid. And, yeah, that's, I mean, just sports radio it. douche is about as stupid as it gets. The, the guy who just <laughs> tries to make up talking. 
The Shut Wii up. could have had Sixto Sanchez. Oh, come on, dude. You've got, you got Real Muto during you got like the best years. JT freaking Real Muto. Shut up, dude. <laughs> That's so dumb. That's so – like you – if that's not a win-win, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they might have it longer because they got the young guy who's going to be around for a whole minute. He could also you pull got, out his elbow anytime. And, and exactly, exactly. Yeah. And they got the best catcher in baseball. Yeah, by far. Like not even close. Not even close. Part of it is the the devastatingly awful players around him mm-hmm. at catcher, but also it's because he's very. Very freaking good. And he's played brilliantly this year. 883 OPS, 11 homers, four steals, by the way, too. Really fantasy goodness uh, all over the joint, too. But, yeah, just just so so stupid. The more Um, I look at Lopez, though, the more I'm, like, buying in on this most recent version. Me, too. Uh, You Um, know, um, swing and strike rate up, O-swing up, you know, I think he's a guy that will be, especially after like that really, really big blow up. He's only 24 years old, so gonna be you know 25 heading into next year. Yeah, I think this is a guy who is probably gonna get overlooked. You know, you know, love the ground ball rate, gets enough strikeouts to matter in fantasy. Uh, I, yeah, I think this is, uh, I think this is a guy I'm probably gonna buy in on, and I don't think you're gonna have to break the bank for it. Same, you know, he's one of my guys. Like I said, I went back to the well. I was definitely nervous because it could have been three straight duds. But uh, I really like Pablo Lopez. I liked him coming into the year. He needs to avoid these super duds. You can't have one of these every year, man. The, the mm-hmm. 10 earned last year, the 7 earned this year. But, again, he has a 402 ERA, so he's been so strong around the 7 earned that, uh, that, that his ERA is still certainly palatable. I'm starting him against Washington and then even again next week at Atlanta again. Probably still wildly available, especially in shallower formats. After last week, uh, no yeah. doubt. 318 no doubt. FIP, 356 XFIP. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're in on Pablo Lopez for sure. Uh, Will Smith, this is the the catcher. Speaking of catcher and, and how bad it's been, he's one of the only other ones who's been doing quite well. Um, it's been Real Muto, Smith, and then a few breakouts, and that, that's really it. The other guys that were expected, um, Wilson Contreras has been okay, as has Grandal. They, like, they've been fine, but Garver, um, Gary Sanchez, they, they've been nightmares. Uh, you know who's been great, by the way? Sean Murphy. I was just about to say, Sean Murphy's really Credit turned there. on. Yeah. I don't touch uh, – I, I, don't, I don't mess with, with rookie catchers. But, hey, those of you that did take a chance or maybe even came around and just picked him up off the wire after your catcher flopped, if you had, like, Sanchez mm-hmm. or something, well done. He's been great. I really do like him long term, but for this year I really wasn't taking him in uh, in redrafts, but he's been great. But I want to talk about Will Smith because he's been awesome. I feel like it's been kind of quiet, too. I, I'm not hearing a lot of chatter about Well, he missed Will time Smith. because of the injury, so I think. Exactly. That... So he only has 27 games, only has 95 plate appearances, but they've been awesome. Six homers. 303, 432, 618 line, a 19% walk rate and just a 13% strikeout rate for Will Smith. How do we feel about uh, about the 27-year-old? Actually, no, he, hang on, he's not 27 yet. I'm, I'm a clown. 25, 25-year-old backstop for the Dodgers. How do you feel about Will Smith? I mean, I, I love Will Smith. He was a guy that I targeted coming in the year uh, and you know got a few, got a few uh, shares here and there. 
wasn't um, as heavy on him as I would have liked in some of my leagues. You know, just went a little bit earlier. But I've been hitting 386, 500, 773 since returning from the IL with four home runs. I just checked my notes. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's 233 WRC plus since returning from the IL. Um, yeah, so he, he's, he's been good. He plays on one of the best teams, if not the best team in baseball, uh, no matter what you think about how they feel about pimping home runs. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I really like Will Smith, super young, going to be on this team for, you know, a long time. I, I, there were some, there was some people who were like, oh, when Kiebert reuse, uh, reuse, no, Ruiz comes up. Um, he's going to take his spot. I don't think there's any danger of that anytime soon. And I think there is an argument for him to be the number like three or four catcher coming into next season. Yeah. Will Will Smith now has a a half year, exactly Mm -hmm. 81 games, 21 homers in that time. Yeah. Um, and, and, and a 953 OPS. So I I agree. He's going to be a top five for sure. And the 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 lack of performance at catcher um, outside of a couple of the guys that we've talked about is going to put Will Smith pretty high. So uh, good on him. He's been fantastic. He did he did not make our all breakout team here. Now there there are options at at uh, every position. There are multiple options, but I picked some of my favorites. Again, some guys we have talked about, but they continue to play well and I want to get your thoughts on where you're at on these guys next year. Let's start at catcher. We're doing hitters only here because we talked about a bunch of breakout hitter pitchers last time. So check out last episode. If you missed that, uh, Austin Nola has been awesome and I have to give so much credit to Seattle for selling high. I thought that was mm-hmm. a brilliant move to sell the thir- Why keep a 30 year old breakout catcher who didn't even debut in the majors till age 29. Now he's been good. And I believe in his skills, I don't think that they're, selling on somebody who is going to flop, but just more of like, hey, why not? Why mm-hmm. not trade this guy? Because even if he's good, that's fine. He's 30 and he's a catcher. Uh, we don't know what the future holds there. But he's hitting uh, an 874 OPS, which has generated a 137 WRC+, plus, seven homers, 27 ribbies, and 21 runs. Austin Nolan, age, he'll be age 31 next year. Where do you where do you where do you put him as a catcher? Man, it's really hard to not put him too. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I, I was now I my reasoning is not exactly how it played out, but I was in on him this year as a non catching catcher. Yes, I thought he'd back up Tom Murphy, but then play around the diamond. Turns out he got thrust into duty, but hey, I still got him on all those teams. It still counts. Yeah, on my main event team, on a number of other teams. Because uh, I kind of just bought into what you were kind of uh, selling there. Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, catcher is such a wasteland as well. <laughs> so bad, dude. It's it's so, I mean, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is the fifth catcher on the Speaking player. Speaking of non-catching catchers. Yeah. I'm, I downplayed him, though. I should I should have stuck with it, but I, 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 I didn't I didn't fully believe that. Pedro Severino is the number six catcher that's on crazy. the player raider. I mean, Travis Darno is two. And yes, he was a big time prospect and he's done things at times, but he always seems to he derail at some point. Yeah, exactly. Health has been his biggest issue. And that's one of the reasons why, like, while I'm sure he'll bump up the catcher ranks for sure, like, I'm not going to be buying in on, on Darno 
just because uh, I just worry about the health. Yeah, for sure. I think, and I think that's fair. I mean, you talk about Nola as possibly number two, which might sound crazy to some, but he's three on on the player radar. Uh, four is Wilson Contreras. You mentioned Severino five, Darno two, Grandal six. So you know, Contreras and Grandal are stalwarts who are are there. I could see them being two and three, but then you really have to be open to Nola and Will Smith. I think Sal Perez enters that argument. You can't, yep. you can't imagine. I mean, his season got kind of knocked around a little bit because of that eye issue, mm-hmm. uh, but he's been great when he's on the field. So you have to think, you know, past the eye issue, he'll be, he'll be good. I think you can throw, I mean, Christian Vasquez, you know, doubled down on, on his season last year. Um, but I mean, I, I do, I think it's J2 or Muto. And then I think it's kind of a blob, uh, like small blob. Yeah. Uh, but, Agreed. I think Nola is arguably at the top of that, especially if they are going to let him play other places in the field. National League ha- will have the DH moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, he can be that non-catching catcher, not to mention he's been good behind the plate. Like it's, Exactly. It's not like he's one of these non-catching catchers like Dalton like, Varsho who sucks like behind Gattis. the plate. Yeah, Kevin exactly. Gaddis had no idea what to do behind the dish, um, and that's why he was a non-catching catcher. But, no, Nola can handle it. Uh, it just looked like Tom Murphy was going to have that job until he got hurt. And, you know, I like the play profile, too. 18% strikeout, 9% walk. That's a nice little combo there for Nola. Um, you add in the 79 games that he had last year when he hit 10 homers, and you're looking at uh, 420 plate appearances with 17 homers, 58 ribbies and 58 runs, 275 average. I mean, that that seems like a reasonable projection for, for next year. Yeah, I mean— how many catchers out there have a 85% contact percentage that, that you actually want to play that aren't yeah. just slap hitting, mm-hmm. you know, not many, not many, like, Hey, uh, appreciate what you're doing off the waiver wire, Jacob Stallings, but I don't, I don't believe in you uh, <laughs> and your 276 average. And even, even he is striking out too much. I actually thought he had a better, strikeout rate but no he's he's at 28 percent, so he doesn't have it I, i'm you know will smith again, yeah i was just about to say the only guy is will smith the more i look at will smith by the way the more i'm looking at him as top three here yeah i think you can make that argument as well so yeah so austin nola's uh the, the breakout catcher there let's go to first base and i will spare y'all another victory lap of gloating about luke void and talk about dominic smith instead he's been incredible and, you know, he was left for dead as, as a prospect after uh, his first two seasons where he played sparingly and totaled 332 plate appearances. Um, and that's in two seasons. So 49 and 56 games. And both of those samples were disjointed as well. So you take a small sample, you sprinkle it all around the course of two years. He hit 210, 259, 406. And Mets fans were ready to run him out and be like, yeah, this guy sucks. He, you know, bad prospect. Gets put into some duty last year. 89 games, 197 plate appearances. Crushes it. 282, 355, 525. And then this year doesn't really have a spot because, it, you know, he's a bad defender. You really don't want to put him in the outfield. And then, of course, Pete Alonso's there. Well, the DH comes like a beacon in the night for <laughs> Dom Smith and saves him. And, uh, and, and he takes, he takes that role over. Now he has played some, some left field and, 
even if it didn't outwardly save him, it could put Alonzo at DH and then Dom can play first. But mm-hmm. regardless, it opened up playing time and he's been amazing. He's leading baseball in doubles with 17, uh, eight homers, 38 ribbies, 333, 396, 637. He's got a 10.33 OPS. Dom Smith's been incredible and he's still just 26 next year. Is this a legitimate breakout that you're buying into? Oh, I think it is in some ways. I mean, the defense is definitely uh, one of the things that prevented him. But like you said, the DH coming and then Cespedes opting out weirdly, you know, a few weeks into the season, you know, kind of cleared some room for him. I believe in the power. You know, the question is, how much do we believe in this batting average? Because, like, the projection systems are all over the place with him. You know, pretty much from 281 all the way down to 248, depending on who you want to believe. So I don't think I agree with that. I think he's probably like a 270 guy. That's fine. That's fine as a projection, 270, 275. It gives you a range on either side. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, I think the Mets are going to, you know, I mean, he's 25 years old, entering kind of like the prime of uh, of his career. The Mets, you know, I, I think are going to, uh, especially with the addition of the DH in the National League, the, the Mets will continue to just, you know, keep him going, keep him running out there. Uh, yeah, I don't see, I mean, he's not like a stat cast hero, you know, in, in most regards, like his hard hit percentage, 71 percentile, pretty much league average, uh, exit velocity. The thing he does is he barrels the ball. Exactly. And that's why I think that batting average is is a Mm -hmm. little bit light there. Um, yeah, X batting, uh, X batting average of 304. So yeah, pro- probably more like a 280, 290 guy moving forward, be my guess. And, you know, with decent pop uh, that plays well uh, in uh, in the in the East. Uh, and I don't so, think the price will be aggressive. Like It even, could be with how bad first well, base is. I was going to say, I, I, I acknowledge that, but I, I don't know. I feel like he still doesn't get much shine. Uh, he's going to have first base outfield again, Dom Smith will. I feel like he's still a bit overlooked. I think between the two New York breakouts, Luke Voigt's going to get a lot more love. I think part of the issue is in the short season, it is virtually impossible to be plugged in everywhere. Yeah. Because everything is happening on every every little breakout. Uh, And so I think he could be one of those guys that, you know, kind of climbs in popularity in the off season. Yeah. As people get to kind of go back and kind of reevaluate, you know, player by player. So, I mean, because the question becomes, like, where do you put him in terms of first baseman? Mm -hmm. Would you rather have him or Josh Bell? I'm kind of a Dom Smith guy, man. And I want to not overreact to this, but I've really I've really come. You know, I'll tell you what, I'll be 100 percent honest. What you, the ph- phenomenon you just said about kind of discovering him in the offseason is what I did this past offseason with him mm-hmm. and and noticed how well he had played in 19 for Dom Smith. And I was like, oh, I'm going to keep an eye on him. And then everything hit. DH comes up. Dom, now I'm really keeping an eye on Dom Smith. You know, put a little star next to him now for sure, because the playing time is much more open. And, uh, you know, he's been he's been great. 
I think I, I think I, I think I would take Josh Bell or excuse me, Dom Smith. I think the the tiebreakers are like the team and park context issues there. I think they're close on raw talent. So then give me the soft factors leaning Dom's favor. Yeah. I mean, I the the one thing that really works into Dom Smith's favor in terms of like where his ADP will end up next year is he's not necessarily like killing it, killing it. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's been very good, but like you said, he's not off the charts. Not everyone's talking about him. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been one of the like, again. Luke Voigt's going to get the 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 more more run as the New York breakout. They're four five on first base, and and really three four because take Real Muto out there, you would never put Real Muto at first base. Um, so they they've been three four behind Abreu and Freeman, and they're not going to get the same amount of of run. But uh, yeah, right I really like in front that. of Heimer Candelario. <laughs> Monster. Is that well? That's not quite. You didn't quite get on the segue because he is on the list, but we got to go second base first. Okay. <laughs> but uh, we are talking Candelario at third, so sit tight on that. Let's go to second base and talk another Padre, Jake Cronenworth. Now, I want to get your thoughts because I'm just going to tell you I'm I'm all in. Um, when I wrote him up, when I was looking at him deep diving. I saw a lot of Ben Zobrist, right down to the fact that I think this is going to be a sustained breakout that that is just getting started here. Um, a little bit of a late bloomer, you know. They 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 don't share everything in common. He's not a switch hitter, um, but he's also got a little bit more speed than Ben Zobrist did. But the overall composite of a guy who breaks in at at age 26 can play a bunch of different positions, has legitimacy to the breakout. I, I I think this is real, and I really love Rake Cronenworth. 329, 388, 562, four homers, three steals, 20 ribbies, 24 runs. He's been awesome, and I'm I'm believing in it. Are are you believing in Jake Cronenworth? I am to an extent. Um, and like it's, I'll be interested to see where he goes because I mean the surprising part to me is like how on fire he's been yet only he's got four home runs and three stolen bases. Like, he's not, like, lighting up the world. With either those, counting categories. Yeah, yep. those counting categories. So it'll be really interesting to see where he kind of falls in drafts uh, next year. But I do believe in the hit tool. Uh, I mean, even as a prospect, it was, you know, his highest rating uh, mm-hmm. uh, tool. So, and, I mean, he, nothing he has done has shown me that he isn't, who he has been this season. I mean, so, it, baseball savant data all in the red. Oh, so I bloody. Hundredth percentile in X batting average. I know. I know. I, put, I, I, I even posted that pick in the article. X batting average. Just ridiculous. Um, so I'm taking Sixto in the first round and Cronenworth in the second round to start so off my team. Like, we should just print the money for you right now. <laughs> Not to mention, like, Greg, he, he's a great defender that's the thing in this in the the, the same with Zobrist you know some guys are utility guys because they can't play anywhere so hide them everywhere this is capable to play strong defense everywhere so that's why he can bounce around and just fill in where they need it and he's really kind of taken that second base role but even with now what's do we have an idea of what next year's qualifications are going to be they can't be 20 again right that wouldn't be my guess is they're going to be eight well, that's yeah. going to keep first and short on the dock. Is it going to be eight played or eight started? 
probably played usually. That, yeah, that would keep first and short in in play for Cronenworth along with second base. He has 10 played, nine started at first. So if it is started, he would still have first base, which again might be his best position, even though you know you would normally think a guy with second base is better at second, but that's where first base is at. Uh, eight played, only two started at, at short. So if it is started, he wouldn't qualify there. But uh, yeah, I mean, he could have triple eligibility. You know how we like the eligibility and just, you know, quality across the board. Like you said, he's not off the charts in homers or steals, but he is doing both and great batting average, great counting categories from the runs of ribbies because of that team he's on and slowly started to work his way up the lineup. Now there was, you know, kind of a peak that he would hit because you're still looking at uh, Tatis Machado and in the two, three spots. And he would, on on a different team, he might be kind of a perfect two, yeah. But he kind of he kind of lives in the uh, uh, six seven range here, which is is more due to the the team around that around him than anything else. But um, I'll take it because I, yeah. I I don't think that they're going to be any worse next year in San Diego. I think they're going to be every bit as good, if not better, offensively. Yeah, so they I'll, could I'll even add, you know, if if the, you know they could like imagine if they added like a Marcelo Zuna. I was going to say George Springer, but yeah, yeah same same vibe. How crazy would that be? So, yeah, I'm fully in here. And like I said, I, I, I do really see the high end being the, the next Ben Zobrist that, uh, that becomes a, a premium player for a handful of years. So I really like Ray Cronenworth. Now we can talk about J- Jimer Candelario, who is amazing. <laughs> and um, now I probably won't get him in the third round, but in some drafts where people are stupid, I'll he'll fall to the third. So I'll go six though. Cronenworth Candelario makes and, sense and then I'm just it's game over at that point but again that won't be every league so we can't talk like that's mm-hmm. the norm <laughs> but uh Jairo Candelario said 325 385 571 with seven homers you know I had I had to do the wait and see this year I've been in on candy since the Tigers got him but after last year's flop I had to do the wait and see Thankfully, his profile was such that nobody really wanted him, even when he was breaking out, that I still got him on three different teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because he, he even started off and I'm always reluctant to say start when it's like five or six games. But, yeah, so his first seven games, if you will, was a 364 OPS. Um, and the, from, from there, he really started to turn on. He had back to back three hit games and he was off to the races at that point. Um, and, and he's just been. He's been great since 361 average, 1049 OPS, and all seven homers since those first seven games. What are you doing with with Jimer Candelario next year? Oh, this is a tough one. I mean, because I can't. You could probably answer this better than I can because you watch way more Tigers games than I do. You uh, watch zero, and I watch some, right? <laughs> I watch a few. It depends on who's I, pitching against them. <laughs> yeah, I actually have watched. Uh, Virtually every game this year, just because they've been, you know, weirdly ha- halfway decent. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. What were you going to say about it? I mean, the StatCast data is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. all red, X batting average in the 90th percentile, hard hit percentage, uh, percentile in the 85th, exit velocity 79th, uh, you know, barreling the ball. But, like, I don't understand, like, 
like where all of it came from. Like it's still making the same amount of contact, still swings outside the zone too much. Um, like it doesn't seem like there's been a huge approach change. He's just barreling the ball. Like I don't know if he's just it's it's seeing it a little bit better. And, and maybe that's it. And this is anecdotal. This is just a few at bats that snap to memory when you're talking about this. He can look like he doesn't have a clue in the midst of an at bat and then laces the ball that ends up being a double or a triple, which, by the way, he has weirdly three triples. Um, but, yeah, I've I've felt kind of bizarre about him, too, in terms of like, uh, I think I figured it out. What, what do you got? Uh, he stopped trying to pull the ball all the time. His, his pull Funny, percentage. All, yeah. Oh, my God. All of the at bats that I was thinking of were either center or oppo. He ran yeah. like I, I was thinking of a triple that he ran down the opposite field line and and several doubles that I feel like he's hit um oppo. So maybe that's it. Yeah, I mean, pull percentage has dropped from 47.7% to 39.7%. So So he's using yeah. the middle and and I mean Mostly it's, it's really the middle. The middle. Yeah. yeah, it's really it's really going back up the middle that's that's helping Jimer Candelario, which I mean generally for a power power breakout you want that pull. But it's working like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this this is working for him. I don't know. Like, here's the thing. I don't think there'll be any real tax on him. No. Being on the Tigers, he's he's kind of and hidden. I, I don't think there should be necessarily. No. And the, I was gonna say, I I wouldn't I wouldn't pay it if there were. But he does strike me as somebody who you can probably get as a corner next year, mm-hmm. as a starting corner that that you might be interested. He'll be 27. He's still he's still young enough to to really build on this, but I'm not seeing like an overwhelming breakout. I, I see like a quality player who can be part of the next good Tigers team, but not a central focus of that mm-hmm. team. Yeah, that I agree sense. with you. So yeah, that that's where we're at on Candy. Um, you know, I'm a sucker for switch hitters, so I really I, I like that he's he's performing so well. And being he and Victor double Ranch. eligible at first and third is always yep. nice. Yep, and, uh, you know, so I like what he's doing here, and he's been great for you down the stretch if you picked him up in a fantasy league. Um, in fact, looking at, at uh, uh, roster resource, they do the little power rank over the last seven days. He's been second in baseball. I wonder who's been first. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess Tim Anderson and go check his page. <laughs> if not, I'm going to say Josh Bell. It is not Tim Anderson, even though he has a 9,000 BABIP. And then it's not Josh Bell either. I don't know who it is then. Anyway, neither here nor there. So yeah, Jaime Candelario, we're kind of interested, you know, kind of kind of in on him, but not not bending over backwards to get him. All right, shortstop Dylan Moore. He came out of came out on fire, hit the IL, came back, you know, short stint, and he went right back to dominating. Um, you know, he, he's right back there. He's got seven homers, eleven steals, eight sixty six OPS. Dylan Moore, is there something here to build on for for the future? Oh, I mean, I think there is just because he'll get the playing time in Seattle. And they'll let him run, right? I mean, two years in a row now. They run. I mean, he could be one of those guys they look to move out because Depoto likes to trade everybody and anyone. (laughs) True. He tried to trade Ken Griffey Jr. at the deadline. Did you hear about that? It almost worked. (laughs) Anytime you have a chance to get junior, you got you to take yeah. it. He's, he's leading off, though. He's got multi-eligibility. Dylan Moore does. Um, you know, he, he's kind of a fun player, though. He's got outfield and, well, 
he has multi eligibility this year. We'll see if he keeps it. If it is the eight games that you're suggesting, he would need two more at second base to get it, uh, which he is playing regularly enough. So he would probably get that he'll, and be he'll probably get there. Base. Yeah. Uh, but seven homers, 11 steals in 32 games. He had nine and 11 last year and 113. So, um, you know, taking his walks doesn't have a great batting average ceiling, I don't think, because uh, he strikes out, you know, a decent bit. But that's fine. I, th- I would take 250 with this profile, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I think it would come with a decent enough OBP in, in like the 330s, 340s range and then uh, and then the power and speed. So. I kind of like Dylan Moore. Do you think he'll get overdrafted due to the speed, though? Probably. That's my only concern there is that he would get pushed up because people are going to see the double-digit steals and be like, ooh, a guy who can play multiple positions and and he runs. So, yeah, and he's not a burner either. I mean, he, he's he's a decently fast guy, but just yeah. not, not a burner by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, yeah, doesn't I doesn't seem to be he, particularly smart either on the base. Like, he's 11 for 16. I, like, I wonder if he ends up becoming like – this year's Jeff McNeil and he's going inside the top hundred and like that'd be way too much for me. That'd be way, 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 way too much. All right, two outfielders. I'm ending it with with a wheelhouse for you because this is one of your guys that you always take, and then a giant, Will Myers <laughs> and Mike Yastrzemski. Will Myers hit another homer yesterday. It's just fun to watch Will Myers rake. I, I do I do enjoy it. I don't have him anywhere. Um, just just wasn't on my radar, you know, after kind of the kind of the solid but unspectacular season. I mean, he's he's a fantasy he's he's a fantasy goon though because of the power mm-hmm. and speed. So he has consistently been fantasy viable even as the slash line has has uh, uh you know, come down. He was 239, 321, 418 last year, but 18 and 16 on the power uh, on the homers and steals. That's viable. He's already got 13 homers this year in 179 plate appearances. Just one steal, but you can't steal when you're running around the bases all the time. Mm-hmm. That's the tough part. And he literally has 26 extra base hits out of 49. So the steal opportunities just haven't been there. But everything you can't complain about all the excellent stuff that uh, that Will Myers has done. So we'll start with him. Again, I know this is a guy you usually take to get the power and speed. And then if you can spike anything else, you'll take it. You're right. You're well, right. You, you spiked it. Yeah, you spiked it. So what, what what do we got here with Will Myers? What do you think about the longevity of this? I mean, strikeout rate is down uh, considerably from last year, that back down to 25 percent, which it hadn't been since uh, like 2016 when he had that monster 28, 28 season. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the average is going to come back down to earth, but like, I don't think it's going to come back down. I don't think we're going to see like a 239 like we saw last year. OK, I, th- I think it's more of like a 255-260 type of profile uh, with the power and you know I mean the stolen like bases I think I think the stolen bases will come back a little bit so I mean sprint speeds up in the top 80th percentile uh, you know it's just like you said it's it's hard to steal when you're hitting all these homers and doubles and I imagine the bases you know uh, are are a bit filled when yeah, even when he is getting base hits like mm-hmm. i don't know what kind of opportunities he's necessarily had there for will myers uh you know i think over the course of like a six-month season here where the average would probably come down a bit and uh the home run rate would would drop from 30 percent i feel like we'd see we'd see the steals kind of come back up mm-hmm. but obviously we won't get that the time will run out but he's been 
he's been awesome. He really has, Will Myers. And he's only going to be 30 next year. He's been around for a long time, but he's just turning 30 next year. And I don't think that the fantasy community will put him in a cost-prohibitive position. I really don't. I think no, I think people are going to characterize this as a short-season kind of flukiness. Yep. And and that and that's going to keep the price way down, which I think it would make me willing to buy. That uh, again, he won't keep the, all the gains, but I think he'll be he could be solid again next year. It'll be the same kind of deal. It'll be more expensive, but it won't be overly expensive of taking him for what he is and then hoping to spike something bigger. And uh, you know, you know, the county categories will be there too because this team's going to be good, as we were saying. Mm-hmm. So I like Will Myers, and I, I know you do too. So. Hopefully you've been benefiting from him. What about yes, Mike Yastrzemski? Started off absolutely on fire, just taking walks left and right, toting like a 500 OBP for the first uh, week to 10 days. Um, he certainly has not uh, really slowed down that much. In fact, you know, he finally hit under 1,000 on his OPS uh, on August 28th. But even in, in that, you know, uh, since then, he still has an 828 on uh in the two week sample so it's not like he's been bad uh with two homers a steal 283 average i love the plate discipline this is a late late breakout he is 29 but he was good last year for 411 plate appearances he's adding another 204 on top of it you add it all up it's a full season at this point of a 277 353 530 line with 30 homers 87 ribbies and 99 runs do you believe in Mike Yastrzemski next year? He'll be 30 years old. I don't. Aww. Yeah, uh. I mean, that cast data is not really uh, exciting me. 34th percentile in exit velocity, 41st percentile in X batting average, the 257 XBA. Um, you got to be careful on on full exit velo. For sure. You, mm-hmm. Using it. You know, he still barrels it up at what a 10% clip. That's not that's not bad. No, it's it's not. I mean, yeah, he's still barreling the ball. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see like if these gains from the park continue. Yes, yes, because it is playing differently for those that don't yeah. know. Not just the fence move, but uh, some of the structural changes that killed like some some mm-hmm. wind. I, I I should look it up so I know what I'm talking about. But yeah, it has made it a much better, particularly for lefties like Bell mm-hmm. and Yastrzemski himself. So that is definitely a, a big difference there. But I, I hear you. I, hear I think the plate discipline will. Uh, I, I mean, I do think he like will be a high walk rate guy. Uh, he is very patient in the plate. Doesn't swing outside the zone. Has a good eye. I, I do. Yeah, think that the batting average, you know, is a little bit BABIP inflated. Um, and I don't. I don't know like power eyes if he's like a thirty home run hitter next year. Uh, so, for sure. But I, I do think he'll be a viable fantasy asset. I just mm-hmm. think he's going to be overdrafted. I, I could see that, except the, the fantasy community's ageism might come yeah, in and, and keep him cheap. But I don't think you people know, realize how old he is. That, that's true, too. They might they just might not. Oh, new guy, Mike Yastrzemski, mm-hmm. and historically brilliant name with, with Carl Yastrzemski, so I'll, I'll take him. It's weird because the stat cast, you know, it, it isn't great on the, the batting average stuff. There's some blue there. But then the hard hit and expected slug barrel rate, that's that's pink, pink red or, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's leaning red there. So there's pluses and minuses here. I think I'm going to have to see where the price is at, because I, I agree with you that not everyone even fully grasps that he's going to be age 30. 
But those that do, and, and maybe in, in kind of the NFBC circle that you and I like to play in, they're going to be fully aware. And I think that could keep the price down, which would keep me interested. You know, we don't have to make him our third outfielder. And I think he can still be like your fourth outfielder drafted. And is he number I'll, 11th outfielder on the player radar? I mean, that's been excellent. Yeah. But obviously, he's not going to be drafted to that degree. Yeah. Um, so I, I, with him more than anybody else on this list, I got to play wait and see. Mm-hmm. I feel like I know where the community is going to go on most of the guys, and I can make my decision based on that. But with Yaz, I think it is a real toss-up. So I need to kind of understand where people are going to go. So we'll figure it out. I mean, I know a guy who runs two early mocks pretty pretty quickly into the season, so we'll see. Yeah, uh, I got to debate what's going with on there. those this year. So we'll see. I've been getting some interest already, so. And I think this is kind of a this will be an interesting fun year to do that. So be a, be a lot of fun. But anyway, we gotta get going. You got a heart out here. Mm-hmm. But great talking with you. We'll be back Thursday to talk to Nelson Lomet's forty second start of the season. Justin, have a good one. Take it easy. <laughs>